This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Looks like um, New York Times is uh, talking about when populism turns authoritarian. Uh, And apparently Venezuela is a really good case in point. Um, Yeah, this is great. Because, you know, here uh, here is the New York Times, who has not been critical of Venezuela and their socialism this entire time. And finally, right. they're going to criticize the um, uh, the philosophy. But they're not going to call it socialism. No. They're going to call it populism. Because that now they can compare fault. to Donald Trump. Now they see the, the, the mean, air in the ways. How pathetic is that? How gr- that? That is great, though. That is classic mainstream media. That's, All this mm-hmm. time... They sat here and defended this Hugo socialist Chavez. monster. Yeah. And now the fact that finally yep. they can say, you know what, populism, that's like Trump. <laughs> now they're critical. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. Uh, let me give you this from, uh, I, I, do we have the uh, tweet? Oh, yeah, this is great. From, so transparent. Look at this. This is a great, someone put together these two. Uh, Michael Moore from 2013. Hugo Chavez declared the oil belonged to the people. He used the oil to eliminate 75% of extreme poverty, provide free health and education for all. Uh, Today, May 18th, or this is actually from last year, Venezuela food shortages cause some to hunt dogs, cats, and pigeons. (laughs) Now, I would say uh, Michael Moore uh, should be seen as irrelevant after just this one thing. However, he kind of already is. So it actually worked maybe in this case. But it's funny because so many people looked at Hugo Chavez when we were going through this. Sean Penn was down there. He was saying he was a great guy. Sean Penn, Um, Danny Glover. Yeah. Uh, There's a whole list of socialist-loving dictators. They, they They love these guys. But now people are hunting cats and dogs and pigeons to have food. It's a little bit different story. Yeah, but by the way, it's not populism in Venezuela. It's socialism. Socialism. It's socialism. Now, yeah, you know, some of the appeal, because, you know, part of socialism is authoritarianism. And there are similarities uh, to some of the authoritarianism uh, that we see across the globe. And some of the pleas from Trump, I alone can do this. Uh, yeah. some, of the, uh, some of the worship of him from voters. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is some similarity. However, there's a lot more similarity than, to what Barack Obama was doing. Uh, from, from what uh, Nancy Pelosi wants to what uh, Bernie Sanders is pitching. Like we're talking about policy after policy after policy that are identical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the only reason they're not identical is because Republicans have stopped them from going that far. 
And yet, though, you know, never was there uh, cr- real criticism of that policy-wise. It's always, well, he was a madman, or he, yeah, he was an authoritarian, or uh, he was corrupt. There's all these little side effects to socialism that they will blame the, the effects of actual socialism on. They'll always say it's something else. Well, you know, uh, Soviet Russia, eh, they were corrupt. There's always some excuse as to why their little philosophy isn't paying off this time, even though there's no examples of it actually paying off for anyone ever, which is kind of a problem with your philosophy. We have no yeah, examples. I would think so. Uh, although they sometimes point to, for instance, Norway. Norway. Well, Norway, the, the Norwegians have everything. That's the most wonderful place in the world. Sweden is the second most wonderful place oh. in Switzerland. And, and they're the third most wonderful place in the world. And then Denmark. What about Denmark? Um, I will say... What, I, what about Denmark? You didn't even answer the question, Stu. First of all, Switzerland is much more libertarian than, uh, in many ways, the United States. Yeah. You're out-of-pocket health care costs. They lead the world in it. Much more than the United States, they're out-of-pocket health care costs. Um, among other things, we've already obviously talked about the, uh, you know, uh, the at least former policy of them having uh, you know, guns in, in the hands of most people as, as, act as a standing yeah, army. Yeah, their gun policy is something else. Yeah. It goes beyond ours, or at least it used to. I don't know if they're still they doing that. They have changed that recently yeah. uh, to adjust it a little bit. But still, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, you know, there's a, I mean, when Ron Paul was asked, what country do you think is closest to libertarianism? It might have been by Glenn. He said Switzerland. I mean, so, that, so yeah. you bring up Switzerland all you want. But another thing we could bring up here is uh, your son who went to, was it Finland? F- Finland. And this is their socialist mm-hmm. democracy. What was life like there? Now, there were a lot of good people there. Yes. A lot of good things there. And he it, loved it, but, And he loved it. But what was the lifestyle like? Uh, the lifestyle is far below ours. And he, that was something, I mean, he loved America be- before he left. But when he came back, he had such an amazing appreciation for uh, where he grew up and where he lives. Because... Finland is a place where they don't have a standard of living like we do. Almost everyone lives in apartment buildings. Almost everyone. Hardly anyone has a private single-family residence. They just almost don't exist. Only the wealthiest people uh, in Finland have an actual home to their own. Um, And they don't have washer and dryer sets in their homes they uh they their taxes are outrageous because they pay for everybody's college if you want to come there from let's say a lot of northern africans are coming up to finland now because they're offered free college so they come up there and and they have college on on the finns and congratulations nice and so while they have a pretty decent income of something like 46 or 47,000 dollars uh on average they have a take home pay if i remember this correctly of about twenty three thousand dollars it's it's unbelievable how much is taken from them in taxes and so as a result they don't have a lot of you know disposable income at the end to be buying a decent house and and a washer and a dryer set things we take for granted here in the united states um the the price of food is outrageous the cost of uh clothing is through the roof uh and they just don't have the same kind of freedom that we do they don't have the lifestyle that we do, and they don't have the freedom that we do. And it's continually thrown in our faces as if, well, the socialist countries in Finland and Sweden and Norway are great. No, they're really not. They're really not. Yeah. I, you know, if you want to trade, 
uh, your nice home and your nice car and for your a seven hundred and fifty square foot one bedroom apartment, go ahead. Yeah, you can have that. I mean, uh, you know, I still think in the long run those countries wind up failing if they go too far the socialist way. Yeah, um, because you, you'll see, you're seeing this with immigrants now from North Africa. They are draining that system. Yeah. And yes, as of right now, most people don't you know do want to go. To the freezing cold uh, <laughs> to take advantage of those things, uh, but a lot of them do, and it increases as they go. And as you as you get a society that changes and is more diverse and and allows uh, more and more people in who don't maybe know the language or and don't. That's the thing. You know, that's a fairly new phenomenon. Uh, mm-hmm. Are all of these immigrants because they're not usually pouring into Finland uh, and Norway, but they are now. Uh, all of these refugees are pouring in from Africa to and the Middle East. Uh, to Finland, and so now they're starting to experience some of the problems of diversity. Um, and before we leave, I, I must give my favorite pet story about this exact topic, uh, which is Den- from Denmark, uh, the World Series of Poker of 2008 uh, at the Rio Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. I like this story. De- Denmark's Peter Eastgate became the youngest ever winner of the world title. Very much a new breed of player, 22 years old, Danish, mathematically brilliant, who gave up a fledgling career in accounting to turn pro. As the winner of the main event, he won $9.2 million. $9.2 million. This is, you know, kind of in the, the back end of that real poker, uh, you know, craze that went on uh, in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. As the winner of $9.2 million, who actually would end up with the money? Hmm. Denmark's tax rate is 45% on the first $4 million um, uh, Danish kroners, uh, which is $680,000. So 45%. Oh on On the first $680,000. All right. After that, then they start kicking into gear. (laughs) It's 75% on income above that. Oh, my gosh. So Mr. Eastgate will owe about $6.7 million of the 9.2 he won. 6.7 go to Danish taxes, and he will keep only 2.5% of the prize, just 27% of it he keeps. In other words, he, face, uh, he fa- faces an ex- effective tax rate of 72.77%. Almost 73% mm-hmm. taxes. Now, the guy who finished second Jeez. Uh, was from Moscow, Ivan Demidov. Oh, where they've got a flat tax of like 13 or 15%. He won $5.8 million, but at a 13% tax rate, he will only pay mm-hmm. $755,000 to taxes. After taxes, Ivan will still have more than $5 million, more than twice as much as the first-placed finisher. I'm sorry, that's immoral. That is immoral. It's it immoral. really is. For the government to take, I don't care how much money you're making, it's immoral care. to take 73% of yep. it away from people. Mm-hmm. That's madness. That's madness. And you know what he should do? And I don't know what he did. I, this is an old story, but I just love it. Uh, but I mean, it should defect. I would, I, I should there's leave. absolutely no way I'm, I'm, I'm living in that country oh, anymore after that. No way. No way. In fact, before that, because no I would know the tax rules. But there's no way. And you know what? You might say, well, you don't care. America had those rights. You'd move. Yep. Yes. I would live somewhere else. And I would say to myself, you know what? The freedoms that this country, and, and the reason why I love it is not because it's a certain land and a certain part of the globe. It's because of the freedoms this country provides. It's about mm-hmm. the idea of America. And if they abandon it so badly that the tax rate is 73% of my earnings, screw off. Yeah. What, what, what place has... Uh, embraced freedom because I will find it. I promise you I will find it. It's not Russia either. I would not move to Russia for a 13% <laughs> tax rate. There is a balance here. But there's you can definitely find a place that's going to do a hell of a lot better jo- the job than that. And you want to live in a place man. that punishes your success with a 75% tax rate. Good riddance. Go find it. Yeah. Don't bring it here. Well, France tried that for a while. 
and it lasted for two years. Yep. And there were so many it. people left, and there were, they had so many problems with the 75% tax rate, uh, they went back down. It's still like 51% or so something. So high, and but, still immoral. But still immoral. <laughs> to but me, anything. They, they knew they couldn't get away with that for long. And libertarians will, will argue with this and say 0.1% is immoral, because you are taking, yeah. you are taking your, it's theft. You're taking money from people who do not want to give you the money and giving it to other people. So, and I, am, I like that philosophy, but in our current state, we should. I, I, this is another one of my constitutional amendments. I've got, a, as you know, I've kind of got like Mark Levin's book just bouncing around. This show, I would say, has Mark Levin's book. There's one person, one bathroom. Uh, mm-hmm. There's several constitutional amendments we want to pass. And our <laughs> constitutional amendments aren't quite as good as Mark's, I'm sure. However, they're pretty effective. <clears throat> to me, there should be a constitutional amendment. I'm saying every tax added up at every point, property, uh, uh, income, mm-hmm. sales, uh, excise, Everything mm-hmm. should never cross 50%. 49.9 should be the absolute maximum if you add up and every that's, single that's tax. That's and that's way too high. high. But you should not be able to take more than half the money of the citizen who's earning it. Yeah, that crazy. is insanity. It and is when immoral. you add them up, I mean, you've got 44. <clears throat> we went to war with Britain for less than that. Oh, not, and not Much even close. Less than that. Not even close. It was a 44.8% is the actual effective tax now uh, for, the, uh, for the highest earners. You add on to that, you add on um, your state tax, which in California is 13%. Mm-hmm. 13%. You add up city taxes, which are sometimes 5%. You can easily get to these crazy European rates right here in the United States. Yep. And that doesn't even include sales tax and property tax and all the other things that they hit you with. It's insanity. I mean, it's, it's completely immoral to take more than half of someone's earning uh, that, that, that mm-hmm. they did the work for. My sister-in-law just had a baby boy, uh, and that's great news. But with that great news comes a lot of cost. Uh, and she works in the medical industry, so, you know, you can guess her student loans are gigantic. These things can completely wipe you out if you don't get a handle on them. How do you do that? Credible.com. Credible is a private online marketplace of lenders. It's simple. You just go there, answer a few questions, and right away you get real rates, not ranges of rates, from multiple lenders competing to refi your student loans at historically low rates. Your data is secure. It's not going to affect your credit. And thankfully, you will not get spammed. Credible saves the average student almost $19,000 19 grand for a new car. Take a great vacation every year. Why not try it? For a limited time, Blaze listeners get an extra $200 when they refi with Credible. Go to Credible.com slash Blaze. Credible.com slash Blaze. It's Credible.com slash Blaze.